for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hello and welcome to Living Life. So great to spend time in God's Word together. Continuing today in Job 33, we see young Elihu continuing his speech to Job. He's going to make a point as to why Job is going through suffering. According to Elihu, there was a reason. And God is doing something in the middle of Job's suffering. So what is God doing in the middle of Job's suffering? Why does God allow severe affliction in the lives of, his, uh, lives of his people? Let's read the text together. Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 33. For God does speak, now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings, to turn them from wrongdoing and keep them from pride, to preserve them from the pit, their lives from perishing by the sword. Or someone may be chastened on the bed of pain with constant distress in their bones, so that their body finds food repulsive and their soul loathes the choicest meal. Their flesh wastes away to nothing, and their bones, once hidden, now stick out. They draw near to the pit, and their life to the messengers of death. Yet if there is an angel at their side, a messenger, one out of a thousand, sent to tell them how to be upright, and he is gracious to that person and says to God, Spare them from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom for them. Let their flesh be renewed like a child's, let them be restored as in the days of their youth. Then that person can pray to God and find favor with him. They will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to full well-being. And they will go to others and say, I have sinned. I have perverted what is right, but I did not get what I deserved. God has delivered me from going down to the pit, and I shall live to enjoy the light of life. God does all these things to a person twice, even three times, to turn them back from the pit, that the light of life may shine on them. Pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be silent, and I will speak. If you have anything to say, answer me. Speak up, for I want to vindicate you. But if not, then listen to me. Be silent, and I will teach you wisdom. In our text today, we see Elihu's explanation for Job's suffering. He says that God may afflict people in dreams to turn them away from sin. When people are sleeping, God may speak into their ears or terrify them with warnings. Why? To turn them from wrongdoings and to keep them humble. Another way God afflicts people, according to Elihu, is through physical pain. Someone may be chastened on a bed of pain with constant distress in their bones. Do you hear that? That's talking about someone in chronic, persistent, serious pain. And the physical pain is so severe that he's not even able to eat properly. What follows is weight loss, 
even to the point of death. So what's all this affliction for? Like, what's the purpose of all of this? According to Elihu, it is so that the person can be brought back to God. Verse 26, Then that person can pray to God and find favor with Him, uh, and they will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to a full well-being. So why is Job going through suffering? According to Elihu, God has afflicted Job for his own behalf, for his own benefit, so that he will be prevented from going down the way of destruction. Elihu doesn't say that God, uh, Job is guilty of sin, nor he doesn't say that God is unjust. So to preserve God is God's justice as well as Job's innocence, Elihu is saying that Job's current suffering is for prevention against sinful destruction in Job's life. What Elihu is doing here is to trying to reconcile a tension that runs through the whole Old Testament. And the tension is between God who is just and he must punish sin. And then also you have God who is loving and merciful and forgives sins. So which one is it? How can God be both holy and just while at the same time loving and gracious? So let's look at what Elihu says again in verse 23. Yet, if there is an angel at their side, a messenger, a messenger, someone sent from God, one out of a thousand sent to tell them how to be upright. And then verse 24, to be gracious to him and say, Spare him from going down into a pit. I have found a ransom for him. So Elihu is talking about someone sent by God, a messenger, to come between us and God and to intercede for them. Like, who is able to come between us and God and is able to mediate for us like that? Well, 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and then one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Jesus is the one sent by God to stand between God and mankind as, to act as a mediator. Because God is just and holy, and because we're sinful, he must punish us in his wrath for our sins. We're all under His wrath, doomed for eternity apart from Him in a place called hell. But because God is loving and gracious, He sent us a mediator to stand on our behalf. How does He bring us peace? How does He bring peace between us and God? By giving up His own life on the cross as a ransom for our sins. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, we see the full justice of God, His just wrath for our sins poured out upon Jesus. And at the same time, we see the love of God, His grace, abounding steadfast grace for sinners. In the words of Tim Keller, we were so bad and evil that the Son of God had to die for us on the cross. At the same time, we are so loved that the Son of God willingly laid down His life for us on the cross. This is such a good news. If you're not sure where you stand before God, like today is a day you can trust in Jesus 
as your Lord and Savior, so that if you turn from your sins and trust in Jesus, verse 26 comes true. He prays to God and finds favor with Him. Like, just imagine that. Like, God's favor is resting upon you right now because of Jesus. And then verse 26 also says that He sees God's face and shouts for joy. Like, as 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 6 says, For God who is who said, Let uh, light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. So you and I, we get to see God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. And then verse 26 also says, um, He will restore them and to full well-being. Like He is restored by God to His righteous state. Like God transforms you to the person like you were made to be. As Romans 8.29 says, Those who God foreknew, He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Like God is transforming you to be more and more like His Son, Jesus. And then let's just read verses 27 and 28. Uh, then he comes to men and says, I sinned and perverted what was right, but I did get what I deserved. Uh, and, you know, they, they will go to others and, and say, I have sinned. I have perverted what is right. I didn't get what I deserved, but God delivered me from going down into the pit and I shall live to enjoy the light of life. Like, yes, that's the confession of someone who's been transformed over from death to life from the kingdom of darkness into His marvelous light. We all have sinned and perverted what is right, but because of Jesus, we did not get what we deserve. God has delivered us from going down into the pit, and now we get to live and enjoy the goodness of God. Aren't you glad that what Elihu can only dream about, a messenger from heaven, is actually a reality for you and for me? Christ is at the right hand of God interceding for us right now. So let's thank God for this amazing, incredible grace. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your grace for us, Lord, and thank you for being the mediator between God and us to bring peace Uh, and to intercede for us, Lord, to forgive all our sins, Lord. Thank you so much for the good news, the gospel that sets us free and brings us true peace into our souls. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing it closer, sing